Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town Preview Show in association with Sports Broker. I'm pleased today to be joined by Stephen Chicken of the Examiner and Andrew Jones of the Athletic. How are you both doing this morning? Good, thank you. Very good, thank you. Thank you very much for sitting through the first intro I did where I completely flubbed my lines. Um, we're talking today ahead of Burnley and Huddersfield in the FA Cup third round. Andrew, you're the, the Burnley correspondent. Uh, for the Athletic, and, and Stephen, everybody knows you by this point as as Towns, uh, not, I was going to say Athletic then, to cover of the, the Examiner. Outrageous. Uh, yeah, Confused us with a rival, hated yeah. rival. <laughs> yes, starting a, a fierce uh, rumour there. Um, Andrew, if we come to you first, um, how are Burnley doing in, in preps to the game? Because I know Ian Wong came out recently and said you've only got 16 players available, which you know isn't news that anybody wants to hear. How's the, the sort of COVID situation going on at the club? Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. It's it, uh, it's coming a frustrating time. Obviously, Burnley uh, just before Christmas had a lot of game persp- games postponed because of of other teams having COVID problems, and, and they seem to have have avoided it all the way through. But and the snow. Well, yes, and that one as well. Um, yeah, they seem to have avoided sort of COVID other than one or two cases. But, you know, since they've come back, you know, it's typically, you know, they've now uh, suffered from it. Um, Sean Dyche won't be there for, for the first time in, in the dugout since since he took over, um, which is going to be very, very weird. Um, yeah. I mean, it, just Ian Wohan taking the press conference. Uh, Dyche has done, I think, since he joined, has done every press conf- uh, pre-match press conference. Um, so even that was, that, that was different. Um, but yeah, no, they, they they are struggling. I think they've got four positive or four more positive cases within the playing staff, okay. um, and also with the with the coaching. So that's that's before the 16th, and that was from right. yesterday. Um, I think they were doing another round of testing. So, you know, sort of fingers crossed. Everyone, would, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, um, and they've got, they've got uh, you know cases in the in the staff as well. Steve Stone, the First team coach is going to be missing as well, so Ian Warren's going to be quite a, a solitary figure on on the touchline. Um, so it's it's a little bit difficult to know exactly how um, how Burnley are going to line up because we're not quite sure who who even is available, who has had you know COVID cases is coming back in, and, and now who's who will be missing. So it's probably a difficult one for Huddersfield to to plan for, to be honest, because you just don't quite know what, what side Burnley are going to put out. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Has, has Daesh discussed at all how he's going to be handling the game? Because it's something we experienced last week. It's something we had at the start of the season as well. Um, our head coach, Carlos, has unfortunately had COVID twice. So he missed Burnley at the start. Um, he missed Derby at the start of the season, sorry. And our away trip um, in the last weekend to, to Blackburn, he wasn't there on the touchline either. And he does it um, you know, on the phone, but watching the, the stream at the same time. Is that what Sean's going to be doing, or has he got some other sort of concoction set up? <laughs> I mean, if, if he had his way, he'd probably be somewhere in some incubator room in, in the stadium, <laughs> if possible. But I think the plan, well, they're not they're not quite sure how they're going to do it, but they're going to get the analysts, they're going to provide them with the stream so we can watch it, and then he's going to be in touch with somebody on the bench. Um, okay. they, were, they were joking yesterday about, you know, probably it'd be unfortunate for the person who has him in, in the year <laughs> for the 90 minutes, because um, he's... Such an active coach, and he, he never sort of never sort of shuts up on the sidelines. To be yeah. honest, um, but yeah, I think that's how they're going to do it, and, and go from there. Steve, um, like I was saying, Carlos has been missing a couple of games this season. Obviously, not his own choice. Um, have you noticed any difference to town on those occasions? They've obviously been two away games and two draws, uh, but the performance has been up there. Is it, is it 
perhaps maybe a delayed decision or anything like that that you've noticed? Because from where we sit, we've we've not uh, we've handled it as about as well as we could have done. Yeah, I've, I've I mean, Carlos was talking about it at the the press conference as well, and um, I th- I think it's as he said, it's it's difficult because you've got your coach on the phone in one ear, but then you've got the the TV link, um, which is a minute behind, you know, the, the online stream um, in front of you as well. So as he said, the, the weird thing is that like you're on the attack, but you're hearing your coach is saying you're defending and, and vice <laughs> versa. So you can't really uh, enjoy any, any aspects of the game as a coach, but from my perspective, no, I haven't, I haven't particularly noticed a difference over the two games. It was, Derby and Blackburn. Obviously, the Blackburn performance last time out was uh, really good showing from town, particularly, obviously, defensively to keep a clean sheet against uh, Blackburn when they're in the form they were in and away from home in very difficult conditions. And town had to get to groups with those conditions early on. And yeah, obviously, looks like Carlos is going to be back in, in the dugout, although obviously Sean Dyche missed it out. But um, I think more important than Carlos being absent at the weekend or how that's impacted um, and, and Sean Dyche then being absent and how that might impact Burnley. I think it's it's obviously what the players do on the pitch. I think any manager will tell you that there's only so much you can do once you've sent your players out onto the pitch. You spend all week preparing, you do your team talk yeah. and then you send them out it's over to them anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Was there um, much of a, an inclination from Carlos that the sort of side he might put out or, or how seriously he's, he's going to be taking, obviously, Premier League opposition? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's named a few that he says will play a part if, you know, if all goes well in training. And obviously, uh, as he, he was quite keen to make the point himself, that as we know, things can change very quickly. So, um, you know, it's, it's difficult times at the moment as, as Burnley are finding themselves. But he's, you know, he, he said that if, Nabi Saar, Pippa, Jonathan Hogg, all being well with them, they'll they'll play at least some part on Saturday. But beyond that, he was sort of keeping his card close to his chest. Sometimes with the cup games, he's almost told us the lineup. Yeah. Um, he certainly did last year, but this year he was. Uh, he just said that he was going to field a competitive side, but. I think that isn't much of a clue because you know you you've got sort of. You know, you've got two players for every position. And when we're looking through the squad the other day, it was like, blimey, there's like 17, 18 players here who, if you put them in the starting lineup for a league game, you wouldn't bat an eyelid kind of thing. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, who he who he does go for and, and what we're talking about with a competitive team. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm as interested and, uh, and curious as, as anyone. What about you yourselves, Andy? Has, has, has there been any sort of inclination, obviously, with the, the limited amount of players that you've got to, to choose from, how seriously Burnley will be taking it? Because from having done the, some research, obviously, ahead of the game and everything, it seems to be a competition, especially in the third round, where you go as strong as you can do and, and take it very seriously. It's not a, a competition where you tend to rotate too heavily. It's, it's, I mean, it's a difficult one for Burnley because, I mean, Sean Dice makes no secrets to the fact that that the Premier League is the priority and it's sort of, in a way, can be when the game falls and, and sort of, you know, the fixture backlog they've had in terms of where the players might might be taken out to, to have a little bit of a rest. But they certainly take it, you know, seriously and, and they put aside that they believe they can win. It's usually, you know, rotated to to an extent, sometimes more heavily than others. I mean, I think they went to Fulham last season and there was sort of nine, ten changes um, and they okay. still won that 3-0. Um, obviously, they're going to be more restricted based on on who is available 
Um, but there'll be there'll be a few changes. It's also an opportunity to give a few players sort of game time, especially given sort of how how long it was without a game. Um, even just sub- substitute appearances, players haven't been able to top up that fitness. So you you're talking about some players you've you've gone you know for four or five weeks without playing any football. Um, so that it, this is another opportunity to sort of give that them playing time. But they've also you know they, they have got quality. They're all Premier League players. Yeah. So it's you know the, it's just whether you know they have to bring in any sort of the, the younger players and the, the under 23s or the you know the under 18s if. If you know COVID gets anywhere, so even just to fill the bench, um, but it'll still be a you know a pretty strong side. I think that they, they put out um, because they, they've not really got many missing through injuries. I think it's only Ashley Barnes, who's Connor Roberts is coming back um, from an illness. So whether he is sort of able to, to yeah, play, yeah. I'm not quite sure yet. But you know, it, it's one of them. They, they, they will they will go out to win the game, and because. It's one of them as well for Burnley because they've they've not won, but they've only won two games all season in all competitions. They need something to sort of just boost that. That's just start yeah. that role and, and start that confidence flowing because yeah. you know they are quite low in it at the moment because of, of the way the season's gone. Yeah, that's an interesting one to hear. And, and Stephen, I'll be interested in your input on this afterwards. With the fact that you guys haven't played for a few weeks and, and you are looking for a bit of momentum and everything, just had that game against Leeds. Weird that weekend, actually, Leeds playing Burnley and Huddersfield playing Blackburn. It was like we'd done a, an exchange over the Pennines. Um, it, it can be a positive or a negative. You, you mentioned the fact that they're not being able to top up their fitness, but they've had a rest there in, in a period where Town have played every game possible, where you know it, it was three games in a week and... and it's the opposite side of it. So it tends to go, you know, what you think is the better, having the momentum or having a bit of rest. Because people say in the winter, we need a winter break, players need a rest and everything, but you've presented it almost as if that's a bad thing. So it's it's strange, isn't it? We'll probably see on Saturday which one it works out being better for, but it's it's funny how, how it can be split both ways. Yeah, it's a difficult one because you do, as you say, it's 18, I think they went 18 days without playing, which... You know, in in what would be the you know the most chaotic month of the of the, of the calendar, um, they sort of had most of it off. Um, it does affect rhythm. It's sort of especially defensively, that, and you can see that from the two performances they put in uh, since they've come back against Manchester United and Leeds, conceding three in both. That they need to build that defensive rhythm up, and you know they were starting to keep starting to keep clean sheets, and, and that sort of. You know, gone a bit, and you do lose that match sharpness, I think, um, which can take a little bit of time to get back. But equally, right, they, I mean, the fact that they've had this break should probably benefit them more in the long term, in terms of as the season goes on, because you know, just the way generally fatigue builds up, um, other field players may feel that because they've they've not had a, had that break. Yeah, they may start to feel that as the season goes on. Where Burnley, even at, I mean, it'll probably benefit them because they're going to have games rearranged and they're going to have three game weeks, you know, but probably more spaced out than during the Christmas period. Yeah, and um, so, so it might benefit them. I'd say it probably benefit them long term, but because they've not played and others have, they're in that rhythm. They've got that sharpness which Burnley have, have needed to build up. Yeah, it's an odd one. What, what are your thoughts on it, Stephen? I've done a bit of number crunching, to be honest, and I've tried oh, to work out for this. I've tried to work out like, I mean, it, it isn't really the case here because obviously they both played sort of Thursday, Saturday, uh, Thursday, Sunday last week. But I've tried to sort of work out how much of a difference it makes for uh, teams to go into games where they've had like 
a day's less rest or three days less rest, like basically any period of rest, yeah, less than their opponents in the championship. And I've looked at sort of the last 10 seasons worth of data and I found that it makes basically no difference at all. Um, so, um, it's a great so, use of your time, then, I'm yeah, sure exactly. After that. I mean, it was, it was good to sort of prove the negative though, because I was yeah. wondering whether like other teams having postponements might play a, a part later in the season but mm-hmm. um i think what i need to look at more maybe is like whether if you have a team with a run of fixtures that they need to make up like burnley might end up facing later yeah. in the season like does that have an effect but no i mean i think um i think you know I, it's it's professional athletes at the end of the day and um i think that obviously sort of fans and Sometimes coaches like to talk about this and and make it into an excuse, but I think you know at the end of the day it's it's ninety minutes with professional athletes, and I think it probably doesn't doesn't make a huge amount of difference. So it's you know it's always about what you do on the day, and I think sort of it's interesting as you say, sort of both teams, neither of them have particularly great records in the FA Cup the past few seasons. Um, you know, Town haven't been in the quarterfinal since 1972, but even sort of more recently, you know, they've gone out sort of first time of asking last last few times. Um, I, and Burnley sort of, you know, considering they're a Premier League team, you know, Sean Dyche has understandably sort of prioritised the league over the cup. So, um, I think it's it's going to be a big boost for for either side, and obviously there's the historical wrinkle as well that it's the centenary of Town winning yeah. the FA Cup for the only time, and the first game of that run was away to Burnley. Mm. So um, you know, there's there's if you want to look into, you know, I'm not a um, what's the word um superstitious that's the word i'm not superstitious myself so i don't read into that but you know those of you who are into sort of omens and fate and all of that might uh might take something out of that i was going to ask you about this later on Stephen. you've actually stepped on my point oh uh, sorry sadly it's, it's fine it's roll, with it, roll with it roll with it we're we're great minds and all that um andy what about yourself do you do you tend to go into any superstitions or omens or anything like that because you know the fact that it is a hundred years since Town's only FA Cup win, and it did start in, in exactly the same place at <laughs> Turf Moor against Burnley. Does that feed into it at all for you? Do you or do you think you know it's been hundred years, lads? Come on, I've <laughs> got me a little bit more worried than I was. Um, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it's one of them, isn't it? It's it, it does seem it's weird football, isn't it? And that yeah. they are, there does seem to be these weird patterns that do emerge. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, I'm I'm not massively into that type of stuff. Mm. Uh, but, you know, may, maybe it will have, and who knows, maybe that, that may make me much more into it. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, our home kit this season, obviously, as we've we've discussed previously, is is uh, in honour of that that shirt that we won the cup in back then. Um, and we will be wearing it at Turf Moor at the weekends, and there's plenty left in the megastore, so that's the plug done for that one, if anybody wants one. Um, I can tick that box. Um the one thing that I wanted to, to ask you two about, um, and we, we discussed it previously off there, is Burnley are, are quite an aspirational club, not just in the north, but for the size of club that, that both Huddersfield and Burnley are, the way that they've established themselves in the Premier League and and you know been more than the sum of their parts. And, and that that's by no means a, a criticism. That's as I say, it's an aspirational thing. It's a um, you know a compliment, if anything. Huddersfield obviously had their, you know, a couple of seasons up in, in the Premier League previously and it didn't go the way Burnley's has, even though Burnley had gone down and gone back up you know, a few times before that. 
how have, have Burnley achieved what they've managed to achieve there? And, and is it something that you think is replicable by other sides of, of a similar sort of size? I think it is, yeah. I think, I mean, it comes down to just Burnley managed themselves really, really sensibly in terms of, of how the, I mean, it helped that the had Sean Dice, who's obviously been, you know, just done a super superb job and and, yeah. and probably developed players and, and got them playing at the, at the best of their ability um, and, and sort of have that collective group and, and that's that's helped them, you know, sort of stay in the Premier League. I think that when they came up and went back down and then came back up again, as you mentioned, I think that was important because even just getting that sort of, that first bit of Premier League money and then being able to, you know, there was no panic when they went back down. Um, yeah. There was confidence that they'd come back up, but it was about using that money sensibly because when Sean Dice came in, he talked, when he came up in, in 2009 um, through the playoffs and, and sort of had that one season, when Sean Dice came in, he sort of asked, well, where, where did all that money go and, and what was it used on? And it wasn't really used on much uh, to benefit the club, basically. Um so that it was about sort of building not just the team but also the, the structure. I mean, the training ground now, which you know have been around for about five years now, I think is you know a superb. It's top top quality facilities, which are really needed, and it's about sort of just building that the club side as well. Um, yeah. But also managing you know sensibly. I mean, the, the former owners who've now been you know taken over by by ALK, they they put the club in a really good position financially, um, just by being smart and. I think that the issue is is that the last few years, the lack of money on transfers and, and the squads stagnated a little bit, and, and that right. might cost them this season. Um, but before that, because they, they got them basically they got themselves in position into a position where they didn't need to sell players anymore because they used the ability to sell players like Michael yeah. Keane, for example, to to help fund and, and and help improve the squad to get up to a Premier League level to then be able to s- sustain themselves in it. Um, but that they've sort of stopped selling players and therefore the, the money's not coming in um, yeah. because of the, the players that they've got a quality and you don't want to lose them. Yeah. Um, and that sort of stagnated them in the market a little bit. And also you know, the former owners were setting the club up you know, to sort of be sold. Um, yeah. LK have come in, tried to add to the finance and another really good summer window in, in terms of who they brought in. Um, but it's one of them. It may, what if if Billy do go down, for example, one of the factors will be that the the squad has sort of been allowed to stagnate. They've not had the two hundred and hasn't had the money to evolve it. Yeah. Um, but generally, the, the what what they've done to this point has been you know superb in, in the way that it, it's sort of you know it, it's it's about having the right manager, it's about having yeah. the right players, the right environment that he builds up, and you know he's done a phenomenal job in, in doing that. Um, yeah. But it's also about managing it financially as well, and making sure that you've got the ability to add when you need to add, yeah. um, and you don't, and you're not spending because they just don't, they don't spend loads of money on, on players, and the record transfer is still 15 million pound, which in the Premier for them to have been in the Premier League for so long is yeah. is, is quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's all really interesting to hear, Stephen. Just before we we wrap the show up, is that is all that sort of interesting to hear from a town perspective? Is all lot sort of things that you can see our club being able to achieve and, and not only be able to achieve, but currently be doing in such a way that is scalable should the Premier League become a possibility going forwards. We've got to bear in mind that the season we're having the December, we just had we sat sixth at the table at present. It, 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 it might be slightly fanciful, but it's not out of the realms of possibility. I mean, yeah, town have been in the Premier League very recently. So, I mean, it's we, we know it's not sort of... 
you know, pie in the sky. And the, the club have been quite clear that the aspiration longer term, um, you know, sort of the five-year plan is to be a, a top 30 club, which would sort of put you in, um, you would hope at least put you in maybe that sort of that that sort of West Brom Burnley bracket where you yeah. may be sort of bouncing around a little bit. Um uh and and hopefully I think the idea is to is to try and get a spell in the in the Premier League. You know, I've, I've put a few seasons together like Burnley have done. But yeah, I mean I think obviously the the money is what it is. Um, you know, I think Huddersfield Town are never going to be competing with a a Man City or a Newcastle United. I think the model is much more along the lines of of a Burnley or a Norwich or whoever you might want to to name on that front and being a little bit more self-sustainable, living within your means. And it isn't (laughs) the most exciting or glamorous thing at times because, you know, you're not, you're not sitting there talking about going out and signing 20 million pound players every window. But um, I think that as Burnley have sort of shown Norwich, and, and others as well, Swansea previously, uh, although they lost away a bit for a while. I think sort of having a cohesive identity through the club can can take a club a very long way. And it almost doesn't matter whether you're a, a free-flowing, passing, attacking side like Swansea used to be, or whether you're a keep it tight and be rugged and be, you know, not to use too many cliches about Burnley style of play, but I think there is a lot of that about them. Um, and, you know, they've been successful with it. So you can't really, you can't, you can't really knock, knock it. it too much. Yeah, exactly. And I think having that that sort of philosophy through a club is can, can take you far and, and, you know, being consistent with those things and having it through your academy and et cetera. And town are trying to do those things. So um, we'll see where it gets them, as you say. I think probably a bit too premature to be talking about it this season. But I think we've seen with the improvement they made this season, at least, that as it stands, they seem to be on the right track to, to move in that direction. We'll see about how premature it is in, in a couple of months, Stephen. <laughs> Touch wood we that it's, uh, we'll, we'll look silly. Uh, but thank you very much for, for joining us, Andy. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Look forward to, to seeing you tomorrow at Turf Moor and, and the same to you, Stephen. And thanks as ever to, to Sportsbroker for, for making this show possible.